0: It is another Mailbag Monday on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On today's show, we're going to discuss what are the best free agents for OKC, who all is trying for the playoffs in the West, who's the GOAT, and would you trade the first overall pick this year for Giannis? We'll talk all about that coming up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by our good friends over at Prize Picks. We're going to dive into Your mailbag questions for another Mailbag Monday episode. Everything ranging from who is vying for the playoffs out west next year and who are some big-time free agents and trade targets OKC could go after that might make some sense. And should the Thunder, if they get lucky, trade the first overall pick? As well as a good question about the goats of a lot of different categories in basketball. Very excited about this week, Unlocked on, on Thunder, jam packed week. Today, we're going to do a mailbag episode. Tomorrow, it's back to our NBA draft profile and projections with Cam Whitmore, one of my draft crushes in this draft. Wednesday, we're going to say, What up, Beck, and bring in Howard Beck to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thursday, we're going to talk with Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter about the NBA draft. And Friday in the week, with our Taylor Hendricks Draft Profile and Projection. Next week, we'll, of course, be back on a Mailbag Monday, so make sure you drop your questions below on YouTube or on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Now, let's dive into your mailbag questions. That's what you can expect moving forward for you everydayers who listen to this podcast every single day, even in the offseason. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. First question from my good pal, Steve McGehee, at Steve McGehee on Twitter, Uh, And, of course, you see him on News 9, one of the biggest celebrities that we have in Oklahoma City, Steve McGahee. Legit question, how many teams in the Western Conference will feel like they have a shot at making the playoffs next season? With a new coach in Houston, the Spurs could land Victor Mignogna, and the West could be stacked moving forward. Look, this is absolutely true because Victor could, you know, Let's just look at it from this standpoint, right? The Rockets are going to already be talking themselves into, you know, you know the, the possibility of them having a Thunder-like turnaround because they have a coach that brought the Celtics to the finals. They have some young talent on that roster that, that we've been saying, even outside of their fan base, I've been saying, you know, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, like these guys are good players, good players, but they just have no direction and no leadership in Houston to, to put the pieces together. And so they're gonna be talking to themselves, you know, no matter what happens in, in, in a few days for the NBA draft lottery, they're gonna be talking themselves into this group and making a significant jump in win total to, to make the NBA play-in. The Spurs, you know, getting Victor and you have pop and you have a few pieces there, you know, that that, that changes your, your buzz around the team. You wouldn't expect to make the playoffs if you're either team, but like the buzz around the team would be there and, the, and and the key word here is trying obviously all our all 15 teams can't make the the postseason but trying to do so those are two teams that I don't think will roll over again next year especially if San Antonio gets uh, lottery luck then you have Portland who this is where we start to say let's wait and see because right now it all looks really good it all looks like the, the West will be um, incredibly fierce next year. What if what if we get to July one and Portland decides to trade Dame? Then then Portland is completely wiped off the map. Utah, what what is Utah going to do next year? Now they put together an impressive season where they where they fell short of the play in tournament and decided to punt at the very end. But next year their tip is their pick is top ten protected. Um, you know of course it'd be Odo if it's not gonna if it doesn't go that way if they if they win more than that and finish eleventh or twelfth. So. Do they now focus on the draft moving forward You know, in Utah, where you're focusing on lottery position and some young players? Maybe, maybe not. They could be another team vying for it. Dallas is obviously desperate for a bounce back, where you're going you're gonna to see them try to gear up with Luka and, and, and try to bring back Kyrie and move forward with that crew. We know what the Thunder are all about. The Thunder are going to try to make the postseason next year. The Pelicans are going to try to make the postseason next year, and they're going to talk themselves into, hey, you know, we get Zion healthy for once, and who knows what can happen. The Timberwolves are too deep in, you know, to purposely slide out. Lakers, they're going to have LeBron and AD. The the Clippers have committed to keeping their group. The Warriors just seem inevitable at this point. Then you have the Suns and the Kings and the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. Like all those, all those teams have the trajectory of a team that are going to be trying for the playoffs next year. So it's important, you know, to remember that Steve understands that all these teams can't make the playoffs. You can only get ten in there, but they're going to be trying. It's going to be games where you're not playing, you know, some some downtrodden team until the, until you know the last ten games of the season. Maybe maybe a team packs it in, but from the word go, what team is packing it in? What team is purposely fielding their their less than best lineup each night in the West next year? And on paper right now, it seems like there's going to be none that are that way, where they're at least going to try and compete next season, which is going to be very fun. Except let's wait and see on Portland. Let's wait and see on Portland um, and see how this unfolds. That's a really good question. And it really highlights, you know, next year, everything's on the table. On the table is a massive leap from Oklahoma City, where the, where they leap into the assured playoff spots, and and maybe they go from forty to forty five to fifty wins. On the table also is some regression from Oklahoma City because progression is not linear, and there's going to be a a humongous fight for ten spots. And next year there's going to be a lot of teams disappointed. You know, this year Houston didn't try, San Antonio didn't try, Portland pulled the plug. You know, it gave a half effort. Utah was a surprising darling. They don't care that they didn't make it. And then Dallas just punted the last couple of games. But of course, it's a it's a massive disappointment considering what they tried to do and go get Kyrie. But next year, every team who misses it will be fairly disappointed, except for Houston and San Antonio, who who will at least they're going to try. They won't. It's not like this, their season is going to be a failure if they don't make it next year. But they will try, and 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 they'll and they'll do better than they did this year. And those wins got to come from somebody. So it's going to be fun to see who who outlasts in the West and, and who fights through it in the West. Because there's always a surprise team. This year it was Oklahoma City and, and to an extent Utah. There's always, you know, and even Utah, they're a surprise team. And like we just said, the wins got to come from somewhere. They collected 37 wins. And uh, in the Western Conference, they collected 24 wins. Those are 24 wins that we thought were going to be gettable at the start of the year, you know, whenever they packed it in and looked like they were going to be tanking this year. Oklahoma City got 25 wins out West this year, and they were pegged to win 20 games total for their season win total from John Hollinger and The Athletic and everyone else. So the win's got to come from somewhere, and as you see the Rockets improve in the West, they only had 12 wins out West. San Antonio only had 10 wins out West and they each finished with 22 total wins. If they improve a smidgen, which we think that they will, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of how this all unfolds. Now let's dive into this question from at KiwiGreg5555. Would you consider offering a bag to Draymond Green for a two-year contract? Uh, no. I, I, I don't think that the Thunder should make a move like this I, I get the appeal to it because he can bring you that that veteran presence in a in a position where schematically he fits what you're trying to do. Like, like he 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 would fit um, Mark's plan very well, but I don't think that Draymond's going to want to come off the bench. Number one, and it's more valuable to start SGA, Giddy, J Dub, and Chet, and then you at that point either have to knock out Dort from the starting five or put. Draymond on the bench, and it's just that creates a weird a weird aspect to this as well. And they're just I don't think that the Thunder are in that spot right now. That's okay. You know, I get that they have a lot of draft assets. I get that they have top ten in the, top ten in the league cap space, but to go and get Draymond, I don't think benefits them. Because we're seeing that like your core players have to go through the postseason and have to take their take their lumps and take their hits. And I don't think that Draymond brings you enough to get you through that. So I just don't think that Draymond would be a good route. And it, and it also comes down to just pure roster spots, which we're going to talk about as we move forward here, talking about the um, roster construction and possible free agency targets. But I just don't think that Draymond is a great fit in in, in practice. You know, again, 2K, a little bit, my, little bit of my league, my NBA eras, whatever it's called nowadays, throw Draymond on this team awesome but like in practice uh, it's, it's a lot there's a lot more variables to it whenever you actually do it in the actual league let's talk now about our good friends over at price picks folks price picks is incredible go to pricepicks.com right now or download the app price picks because what it allows you to do is enjoy games because what you can do is pick 2 to 6 players let's say that you want to pick Kevin Durant and Jamal Murray what you do is you look at their line and say Kevin Durant's line is 26.5 and Jamal Murray is 21.5. You say, well, they score more or less than that. And if they do, you can win 25 times your money on any entry if you predict right. It's just you versus the price picks projections. So there's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the numbers. and You can do this on NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. So check it out today because entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and offers fast withdrawals. Currently operational in 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app with pricepicks.com. And sign up today to stay with the daily uh prizepicks.com. Prizepec.com, Prizepicks app. You can receive a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars with the code locked on. If you deposit a hundred dollars, prize pick gives you a hundred. If you deposit fifty, dollars picks gives you fifty. Do not forget to enter promo code locked on to sign up today for that instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. We're back. On the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. At Bravement Life, especially with the rumors of Harden returning to Houston, Houston just signing uh, their new head coach, Ime Yudoka, and wanting to win soon. What do you think that, that Houston would trade back to get their pick uh, next year, or get their picks back next year and in the future? if Sam Presti could hold that over their heads for leverage. I'm not sure that it would be anything of significance. Like, for example, I don't think that they would trade this year's pick in this draft class for their future picks because when you look at their future picks and and, and what they're owed to Oklahoma City, while it is great that the Thunder do have all of these future draft assets, next year's Rockets pick is top five protected, so, I mean, top four protected, so if it's in the top four, Houston gets it anyway, and it's a bad draft class. So, if, if the Rockets are good enough to where it's not a top four pick, they don't really care in, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, picks matter. The players that you get there matter. They'll find value at any position, and and by this time next year, it might be saying something completely different about this draft class. But but on the surface, this draft class is not great in 2024. You know, next Next draft, not great. You're going to get Harden if Harden wants to return without trading anything. So it's not like you need a cupboard to trade for for Harden. And any other person you want to go get, like let's say that Jalen Brown is the name that that, that the Rocks have been talking about. You want to go get Jalen Brown, that's great. The Celtics aren't going to take future draft picks for Jalen Brown. They're trying to win. They're going to take one of your young players or two of your young players or whatever it takes from Houston. Plus they have the draft picks that they acquired when trading Harden. So like they've kind of replenished this a little bit especially for as bad as the draft classes uh, are coming up in 2024. So like at that point, yes, it's leverage because you can just unprotect this pick and, and give them an asset to go trade for not even just a star, but like a rotational piece and, and filling out your depth and maybe even a solid starter that's to kind of put you over the edge in those trades. But ultimately, you're not going to swap picks for your picks because you would, you would then gain nothing. And your young players, you only have a few that are even worth anything that you wouldn't want to include. Like, you wouldn't want to include Jabari, you wouldn't want to include Chingoum, you wouldn't want to include Jalen Green, just for the right to have your pick back when it's already such a prized protection, where if you did land one of the best players, you'd get it anyway. It's not like the Clippers, where it's unprotected, and if they they somehow flamed out, went to the lottery, and then won the lottery, it'd go to the Thunder. Like, the the difference is Houston controls their pick if it's a top-four pick. So I, I just wouldn't... I wouldn't think that they would be too desperate to do that. 2026 pick, again, we fall into the same scenario of like, what are they going to trade? What are they going to give up to get that pick? What is the leverage there um, in that way? So I just think that ultimately the Rockets are fine with, with handing out these picks to OKC if it gets that way, if it goes that way. Uh, at fan of Ozzy Bass 1. OKC is looking to beef up their bench with a physical presence who makes sense uh, and, and sets screens, grab rebounds, uses verticality, and shoots uh, shoots the ball uh, and, and shoots the three. Would they maybe take a look at Aaron Baines now that he's had a full year off in New Zealand in the NBL to prove himself uh, and his from for, to prove himself to he's recovered from his uh, Tokyo Olympics injury? Aaron Baines is fine. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to look into like you know how well he's played and everything. I wouldn't again, I wouldn't think that this one would make sense either, just because you'd be taking a flyer on someone who, you know, hasn't played in the NBA recently and was an average player in the NBA period. And so I don't think it'd make sense to bring him in, especially whenever you consider the the roster spots. Um, you know, the roster spots that are not available to Oklahoma city because of how many players that they have under contract that you want to keep around. So like at that point, right? Sarch, I mean, not Sarch. Yeah. Sarch is the only one leaving. Sarch is is the only um, impending free agent. Everyone else you can get back under, under team control. Now you have some decisions to make, like like the Lindy waters club option. You can decline that the Jeremiah Robinson Earl contract is partly guaranteed. Like you have ways and mechanisms to clear out more roster spots, but you have three draft picks this year. One of them in the first round, so you're going to for sure take that uh, first round pick under a standard deal, which he slides in to to search a spot. And then you would then have two high second round picks, which likely will not take two way contracts because they're such a high second round pick. They'll want standard deals too. So we're going to then you're going to need to move and shake for those players as well. Would you want to continue to do that dance for other spots? So at that point, it come down to would you rather have Bane or Jerry? Would you rather have Bane or Lindy Waters? Would you rather have Bane or you know X play? Like for example, the other the other guys on non guaranteed deals are Wiggins, Wiggins, Joe, non guaranteed deals. Those two guys you'd rather have over any free agent that is of that caliber, that is of that like Bane caliber and, and lower, and even a little bit higher. Like those guys have cleared those those, those cheap options. So it just wouldn't make a ton of sense to go bring in somebody on a roster spot. Uh, from John Serena, enjoy your podcast from Australia. I think OKC needs a cheap backup center. What do you think? If roster spots weren't like at a premium for OKC, a, a, a good backup center would make sense, um, You know, especially a cheap veteran center who can just come in and, and bring size and, and can rebound. But I think ultimately you're waiting to see how this team plays with the chat home run before we make anything dramatic. But I think that you, you bring in a player, you know, just, just to throw a random name out there, right? Like, like B-ball Paul, bring in Paul Reed. Makes sense. He's young. He's from Philadelphia. He struck, he struck, uh, you know, with gold once from Philadelphia. Uh, he wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg, but we'll see if that changes. If he continues to play this well in the postseason. season, uh, we'll see if that changes. And he is a restricted free agent. Uh, with the qualifying offers so like the, the the Sixers can match it. So, like, what I'm saying is again, just don't got a name, using a guy like Paul Reed, who wouldn't demand starter minutes, who, if you did need to bench him because he just wasn't produ- producing, doesn't really matter, doesn't really hurt you at all in the pocketbook. Like, that would be the caliber of player that you're looking for and that you're looking at uh, in this case. So, I think that sure, you know, it, it's worth looking at, but. It's hard to come up with that name because, again, you're going to have to pick that person over a player already on the Thunder roster. And it sounds easy on the surface, right, the second. But as you start to fill this roster out with those draft picks, it gets harder. And we'll see what they do in the draft. Like They might they might only take a player at 12 and then trade those two second-round picks. They might combine those two second-round picks and move up in the second round. They might trade out of the second round and keep the first-round pick. They might trade out of the draft all entirely together. Who knows? Like the, 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 We have to see how it all unfolds. But as of the second, it is hard to see... You know, there being a roster spot for OKC to go after a player in free agency, even though they have all this cap space. Now, the next question from uh Ben Glover. If OKC got the number one overall pick, would you trade it for Giannis? This is a, this is a tough one because we know what Giannis is. Like, Giannis is an elite player who's one of the, the best players we've seen in the game who who impacts the game, who, who who dominates the game, and just does everything possible on the floor. However, Victor is not only this transcendent generational talent, yada, yada, yada. Victor's also under control for nine seasons. Giannis has a player option for the 2025-26 season. History tells us players do not stay here. History tells us players do not... Stay in Oklahoma City. It's not a flashy market. It's just the reality. So, is you're going to have nine years of the possibility that Victor Omenyanek becomes even close to the player that Giannis says, or two seasons of Giannis? Two seasons in which you're not truly ready, experience wise, to win a title, but Giannis brings you that title pedigree predig- and also brings you immediately one of the best five players in the sport. It's a tough call, it's a close call. But I think that you, in this market size, history tells us that a guy won't stay, and so you just take the gamble on having nine years of control of somebody. And I say nine years because we've never seen a player turn down that second contract from their team. So they, they sign the first deal four years and then sign the next deal, uh, and, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you've got nine years of control over somebody um, of the possibility of victor's caliber. So that's why I lean with the with the first overall pick. Now, if you're Portland, and you somehow get lucky and, and win the lottery. Would you would you push all in to get Giannis? You know, and not to say that this is even on the table. Not to say that Giannis is even going to demand a trade. I don't think that he will. But hypothetically speaking, just if I put that offer in front of you, what would you do with it? If your Portland would rather have nine years of Victor or trade him straight up for Giannis and whatever you need to do to match salaries, if that's even possible, after the dive into the trade machine, let's just say it is possible. You know, let's just act like it is for this for this purpose. The philosophy of it. What would you do? Would you would you trade Victor and nine years away for Giannis two years? But you do have Dame who. Uh, you can add Giannis to and you get to keep around a generational icon for your franchise rather than kind of starting over. It'd be a, it'd be a wild, wild uh, sequence of um, uh, events if, if that happens to kind of discuss the, the value of nine years of Victor versus two years of, of Giannis. But again, I don't think that Giannis is going to demand a trade. I don't think that Giannis is going to leave Milwaukee this offseason. But it is fun to think about. It is fun to talk about. Coming up, let's talk about who the GOATs are. Great question. As well as, does Bobby Portis fit the OKC Thunder? What does a Poku extension look like? And what what does the draft look like for OKC? We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For you every day, There's a fun week is ahead in Oklahoma City, folks. Listen, I'm here to tell you, it is going to be fun to see Howard Beck on the pod on Wednesday, Richard Stamen on the pod on Thursday and plus our draft profile and projections. This question from Alex underscore bowler, Jack NBA greats. In your opinion, this is such a fun question. NBA greats for the greatest score, passer, rebounder, uh, physical dominant, um, altered other players, games, and most underrated of all time. This is so fun. Um, And, and I want you to take this not in a toxic way, but I truly want to know, don't fight about it. Don't debate about it. Don't, Name call about it in the comment section. But in the comment section down below, I want you to fill this out. But only fill it out with players who you actually saw in your lifetime. And that's how I'm going to answer the question. I know Wilt was incredible. MJ's incredible. Yada, yada, yada. But like, who in your cognitive lifetime did you watch play that fills out these categories for you? That's how um, I'm going to answer it. I think that's the most fun way to answer it. Uh, and then and then, if you, uh, most of you, some of you are older than me, fill it out. Let me know who in your lifetime... You would say, surpassed these different categories of NBA greats. So, the best score I've ever seen is going to be Kevin, like Kevin Durant, the way that he can score the ball, insane. I mean, LeBron, obviously, is the NBA's all time scoring leader. So, it probably should be LeBron, but like just pure scoring the basketball, Kevin, Steph, LeBron, like all come to mind for me. Uh, but I, I just can't shake that, that, that KD being my initial reaction, best passer of all time. When, when, when this first was put on the Twitter and I was thinking about it, my instant reaction said Steve Nash, but I mean, again, pure passer, not looking at their overall game, not looking at their anything else. Josh Giddy's up there of like the best player I've physically ever seen pass a basketball is Josh Giddy. But he always doesn't have that, that cliche, that, that cachet uh, uh, of a veteran or like an all-time great. But as but again, pure passer, only a passer, not looking at any other aspect of their game. Josh Gade is the best passer I've seen. Rebounder, this is a good one. Rebounder is one that I think gets underrated uh, or, or like not thought about a lot. Andre Drummond is probably the best rebounder that I've seen like in my lifetime in terms of like only does rebounding and, and that's kind of it. Um Tim Duncan, great rebounder. Kevin Garnett, a great rebounder, Dwight. But like Drummond was pretty much just all rebounds, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with like a better name than Drummond. But uh let me know again in the comment section down below. Most physical and most dominant. Most dominant, I'm gonna say Shaq. Most physical, I'm gonna say Giannis. That way you get to, get to play with both of them in there. Uh altered other players' games. This is Interesting of like, do you mean a defender or like, like you can read this in a multitude of ways as a defender who altered the other player or staff like altered the game and made people do, like altered Trey's game. For example, like Trey Young shooting all these wild shots from beyond the arc. You know, when we see those, those highlights from in high school and college and in the, in the NBA, like, like Steph altered the game of other players. I'm going to assume that you mean like defender to where it's like best defender of all time and, and, and best uh, defender in the NBA in my time that I've seen Kawhi like, like locked, like Kawhi, you can't shake the, 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 you know, the movie, I was gonna call it a movie, the video of, of LeBron looking back, seeing Kawhi's about to check in and then just saying the F word. Like he, you cannot like deny how he altered LeBron in that series. So of JJ Barea, by the way, in the 2011 finals, no big deal. Underrated of all time, this is my answer wholeheartedly. Jerry Stackhouse, like Jerry Stackhouse, was him back in the day. I think that we kind of not use him as a punching bag, but like, I just think that we forget like how genuinely good he was in the NBA uh, and you know throughout his basketball life. So that's it in terms of like all time greats underrated. I think that Dirk does not get a ton of credit outside of Dallas, outside of this region, for being one of the best to ever play the game of basketball and also changing the game as well. And also, you know, impacting the history of the game, um, the, the play style of the game, everything. So I'll say Dirk as well for most underrated, uh, for that question. These are some great questions today. Uh, we're going to also have some, uh, more mailbags. So mailbag Monday will continue because it's a lot of fun to do, uh, making sure that we didn't miss anything at Midland John. Your question was about the lineup with chat, Victor, etc. um, Go listen to the mailbag. Uh, go listen to the prospect profile on Victor uh, that we have on the pod, or uh, last week where you can go hear all my thoughts on Victor uh, at Money Man Cooper. Uh, should the Thunder sign Cam Johnson or Russell Westbrook? I do not think that they should sign Russell Westbrook, uh, but Cam Johnson is a very good fit for OKC. If they were able to to get that player, he'd be a significant upgrade uh, to this roster. So I'd love them to go get uh, Cam Johnson. But again, we're supposed to poo poo the parade of like. The Thunder, you know, patience, patience, patience. Uh, So the Thunder are going to be patient. But if you're going to just hypothetically talk about what players might um, make a huge impact, Cam Johnson would be a really good upgrade for OKC. Let me know in the comments. Who are your goats? Who are your goats? Let me know that below. Uh, And until tomorrow, be good, be good to one another.